ومن هم and among them من who يستمعون who listen attentively with a lot of interest إليك to you to you meaning to the Prophet ﷺ meaning there are from among the people who listen to you very attentively when you recite the Qur'an to them when you tell them about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed they are amused by the powerful eloquence of the Qur'an, they really enjoy it, they are attracted towards it, pulled towards it. However, this listening is only by the ears. It is only by the ears. You see, the ears, the eyes, what are they? They are the windows of the heart. Alright? What a person hears from the ears is, you know, it's conveyed to where? The heart. Now the heart will either accept what it hears or it will reject what it hears. Like for example, there are many things that we hear. But there are some that we listen to attentively with a lot of interest. It has an effect on us. We take it to heart. And there are other things which we hear and a person may be very enthusiastic about what he's telling us, but we don't take it to heart. What's the difference? That we take some things to heart and other things we don't take to heart. What's the difference? Our interest Right? Where our interest lies. If our interest lies in something, then we hear with our ears, we enjoy it in our ears, but we will accept it. And if our interest does not lie in something, we could listen in our ears, and we may even enjoy it in our ears, but in our heart, we're not going to accept it. Let me give you an example. It's like you go somewhere, and there's loud blasting music. And it does attract you. So you do end up listening to it and you don't even realize you're actually humming along with it. Hmm? And if you had known that song years ago and now you hear it, what happens is that you even start saying the words. But in your heart, you keep telling yourself, no, 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 astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. So you know what I mean? The ears may enjoy, but the heart rejects it. Right? Likewise, you may hear somebody talking. And the kind of things they're saying, they kind of do make sense to you, but you know what they're saying is wrong. It is not true. So it goes up to ears, you're listening, but it doesn't enter the heart. Right? So, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَسْتَمِعُونَ إِلَيْكَ There are some people who do listen to the Qur'an very attentively. They appreciate its eloquence. They appreciate its beauty. And they are even impressed by it but they stop right there. They don't take it to heart. They don't accept it. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَأَنْتَ Would then you تُسْمِعُ You make here who أَصُمَّ The deaf ones وَلَوْ كَانُوا لَا يَعْقِلُونَ Even if they do not understand. أَصُمْ is the plural of أَصَمْ أَصَمْ is someone who is deaf. أَصُمْ is the plural of that. Meaning, can you make deaf people hear something even when they don't understand? Meaning, you could be talking to someone, but because they're deaf, they're not able to hear. You could be talking to them, explaining to them the most complicated concepts in the most simplified way, but can you make them understand? No. Why? Because they cannot hear. And because they cannot hear, they will not understand what you're telling them. In other words, how can you communicate with someone who has blocked you off? 
How can you communicate with someone who has a bias against you? It's like, you know, a deaf person, there's a barrier between you and them. You can talk to them. You can say, I love you, or I hate you, or anything. But there's a barrier between you and them. Isn't it? You cannot make them understand what you're telling them through words. You have to use some other way. Right? So likewise, a person who has made up his mind, he's not going to believe. He has a bias towards you. He has blocked you off. Then even if you recite the Qur'an before them, and they are impressed by the meanings of the Qur'an, by the eloquence of the Qur'an, they are amazed by it, will they believe? Will they believe? No, they will not believe. Because sometimes you wonder, oh, this person has read the Qur'an, this person has heard the Qur'an. But if they have made up their mind that they're not going to change, then they can hear even the Prophet of Allah reciting the Qur'an to them and they're not going to change. Why? Because they have blocked them off. Their heart, you know, they've decided in their heart they're not going to accept it. وَمِنْ هُمْ And among them, مَنْ هُوْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَيْكَ Who looks at you, who looks towards you. Meaning there are people who reject you and they see you. Abu Jahl, did he not see the Prophet ﷺ? Abu Lahab, did he not see the Prophet ﷺ? I mean, there are people who believe today and they would do anything in order to be able to see the Prophet ﷺ. Right? And whether they see him or not, they still believe in him. Correct? They still believe in him. And the Prophet ﷺ praised such people. He called such people his brothers. Once the Prophet ﷺ said, I wish I could meet my brothers. And the Sahaba were like, Aren't we your brothers? He said, you are my companions. You are my companions. My brothers are those who will come after me and they will believe in me without even seeing me. Hmm? So there are people who see you, yanzuru ilayka, and anyone who saw the Prophet ﷺ, he knew that the Prophet ﷺ was not a liar. Because his face was not the face of a liar. You see, whatever actions a person does, they become visible on his face. It has an effect on his facial expressions even. Like for example, if a person is extremely sad, doesn't that show on the face? It does. Likewise, if a person is a very you know, happy uh, kind of a person who takes things easily, lightly, isn't that visible on their face? It is. Their mood is visible on their face. Their nature is visible on their face. And if a person has committed a crime and they're lying about it, then isn't that visible on their face? Yes. So the Prophet ﷺ was a truthful man, an honest man, and anybody who saw his face knew that that was not the face of a liar. That was the face of who? A truthful man, an honest man, a righteous person. So, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَيْكَ There are people who look at you. But despite seeing the Prophet ﷺ for years and years and years, how come they didn't believe? Hearing from him directly, watching him, how come they didn't believe? Allah says, أَفَأَنْتَ Can then you, تَهْدِ الْعُمْيَ You guide the blind, وَلَوْ كَانُوا لَا يُبْصِرُونَ Even if they don't see? Meaning if there is a blind person who is not able to see, can you guide them? Can you make them see something? No. Why? Because their eyes are unable to see, there's a barrier between them and you, right? Their blindness is a barrier. Likewise, these people, their kufr, their bias is a barrier between you and them. 
So even though they see your success, even though they see your honesty, even though your truthfulness is evident to them, the Bani Israel, don't we learn about them? The يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ They recognized him so well as they recognized their own children. They knew him to be a prophet of Allah. But if there is a blind person, how can you make them see something? How can you make them see something? So what is the problem with these people? They lack basira. They lack basira. Their hearts are closed. Their hearts are dead. If their hearts were alive, then whatever they heard would benefit them. Whatever they saw would benefit them. You see, one is basara and the other is basira. Basara is the vision of the eyes. When you're able to perceive something, see something from what? From your eyes. And the other is basira. When you perceive something from your heart, when you understand, when you see the reality of something, where? In your heart. So there are people who lack basara, who are not able to see with their eyes, but their hearts are alive. Their hearts perceive. So what happens? Do they obtain guidance? Do they? Yes, they do. Don't we learn about the companion, Abdullah bin Umm Maktoum? He was a blind man. He's mentioned in the Quran. And Ja'ahul A'ma. He was a blind man. He was not able to see. There was another companion who had very, very weak eyesight. Very weak eyesight. And these people could not really see the Prophet ﷺ the way others did. But what could see? Their hearts. Their hearts. And this is why they had iman. But if a person lacks basira, the vision of the heart, then even if the most evident miracles are before them, even if the most profound messages are conveyed to them, simplified before them, will they accept it? No, they will not. Because فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارُ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ In Surah Al-Hajj, Ayah 46, Allah tells us that indeed it is not the eyes that are blind, it is actually the hearts which are in the chest which become blind. And when the heart becomes blind, then a person's vision doesn't benefit him, then his hearing does not benefit him either. Inna Allah, indeed Allah, la yazlimu. He does not do injustice. To who? Anas, to the people. How much? Shay'a, a little bit. Anything. Meaning, Allah is not unfair to His servants. Not even a little bit. In fact, He is just. And more than just, He is very kind and affectionate towards them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does adl, right? He's fair and just. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also ar-ra'uf, ar-rahim. Isn't that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also al-muhsin, the one who shows ihsan. What is ihsan? A level above fairness. Right? Like for example, fairness is, justice is that someone speaks to you nicely, so you also speak to them nicely. This is justice. Someone gives you a gift, so you also give them a gift. But what is ihsan? What is ihsan? Yes. Exactly. That even if someone is not speaking to us nicely, we still speak to them nicely. That would be ihsan. Right? Many times what happens is that if we have to give a gift to someone, we always think about what they gave us. Hmm? She gave me a perfume that's probably $80 value. So okay, I'll give her something that's also around $80 in value. This is what we do. And if it's something more expensive, 
Let's say 150, we say, no, no, but she didn't give me anything that was worth 150. Why should I give her something that's worth 150? Which is why when people receive a lot of gifts when their child is born or when they get married, they make a note. Okay, this person gave me this much money and this person gave me a gift that was worth $100 and this person gave me a gift that was worth $5. So when I have to give them something, I'll give them something that is of equal value. Is that Ihsan? This is not Ihsan. Ihsan is what? That whatever capacity you have, you give according to that. Even if it's more than what the other person gave you. Their capacity is to give you something worth $50. But if your capacity is to give them something worth $100, you do Ihsan. You do Ihsan. You know, there's a story about this uh, woman who went to this uh, man who was selling honey. right? And she brought a bowl. Very poor woman. And she said, please give me a little bit of honey in this bowl. My son is very sick. I need honey. So that man, his servant who was you know, working in the front, he heard this conversation. The owner, he heard this conversation that you know, the woman is saying, my son is very sick. Please give me a bowl of honey. So the owner, he gave her the whole container. Meaning the whole container, the whole box of honey, give it to her. But the servant's like, she's only asking for a bowl full. She's only brought a bowl. You know, I can just fill that bowl and give it to her. Why should I give her the entire container? He said, the bowl is her capacity, but the whole container is my capacity. She came only to take this much because she thought that's all she could afford. But I can give her more than a bowl. I can give her an entire container. So why shouldn't I give it? This is Ihsan. Adil is what? Bowl, you give me a bowl, you give me the price of a bowl, I'll give you a bowl. Ihsan is what? I can give more, I have that capacity. So I can give you a whole container. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is He just just? That as much as we thank Him, He gives us blessings according to our gratitude? Yeah? Is that so? According to the level of our iman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us air to breathe? Yeah? According to the consistency of our righteous deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us risk? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-muhsin. He is ar-rahman. No one shows more rahma than him. So whenever people think, oh, but why is this happening with me? This is implying what? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being unfair with me. Remove that from your mind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not unfair at all. Not even a little bit. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ النَّاسَ شَيْئًا Not even a little bit is He unfair towards people. In fact, He is fair. In fact, He is kind. In fact, He is most generous towards them. Because you see, from these ayat that we learned earlier, a person might say, oh well, What is their fault in this that they cannot obtain guidance if they're, if they're not able to hear, if they're not able to see? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create them with sealed hearts? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create them with sick hearts, with dead hearts? No. Allah created every person on fitra. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave all of us the capacity. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ He gave us all of these blessings. قَلِيلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ 
قَلِيلَ مَا تَتَذَكَّرُونَ Little is the gratitude that you show. Little is that you remember. So over here also remember that if a person does not believe, it's not that Allah is being unfair to them, that He's not giving them guidance. Allah has offered them guidance. He has shown them many ways of obtaining guidance. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ النَّاسَ شَيْئًا So what happens then? وَلَكِنَّ النَّاسَ But the people, أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ They do zulm on themselves. The people do zulm on themselves. They wrong themselves. You see, سَيِّئَةَ Sin. What does سَيِّئَةَ mean? That which is evil. Right? So when we commit a sin, we are doing evil towards who? Ourselves. Who are we going to put in danger? Ourselves. Who are we going to hurt? Ourselves. Allah is not unfair to people. He provides them. He opens different ways for them to test them. Ayyukum ahsanu amala. But if we make the wrong choice, and if we do something wrong, we cannot blame Allah. Whose fault is it? It's our own fault. In a hadith we learned the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh my servants, I have prohibited myself from practicing injustice. إِنِّي حَرَّمْتُ ظُلْمَ عَلَى نَفْسِي Allah has made ظُلْم حَرَامْ upon Himself. Meaning He will not be unfair at all. And you see, those who are in power, do they have the ability to be unfair? Of course. Much more than those who are not in power. Imagine, most power and authority is with who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet, He does not do ظلم. He is not unfair. It is people who do wrong to themselves. وَيَوْمَ And on day, يَحْشُرُهُمْ He will assemble them. He will gather them. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather all people. And which day is this? The day of judgment. It will be كَأَن As if لَمْ not يَلْبَثُوا They remained. لَمْ بَثَ It will seem to them as if they had not remained where? In their lives on the earth. إِلَّا except سَاعَةً An hour مِنَ النَّهَارِ Of the day. On the day of judgment, people will look back at their life on earth, at their worldly life, and it will appear to them as if they had remained on the earth for just a part of a day, for just an hour of the day. Why will they think like this? Why will it seem like this? Because the difficulties of the day of judgment, the difficulties of the day of hashr, will make them forget everything that they enjoyed on the earth. Then all the blessings they enjoyed will seem like nothing. Nothing at all. Do we experience this in life today? Yes. Like for example, if someone is being very rude towards us, let's say for many people it's their parents, Hmm? That they're not being able to get along with their parents and they feel that their parents are being very unfair towards them. What do children say about their parents? They've always been mean to me. They've always treated me like this. Really? Is that so? Is that so? No. All those years that the parents looked after you, hmm? showed you so much love, bought you everything you needed, even put their desires on hold to fulfill your needs, to look after you, what happens when a child is scolded by the mother once? He thinks, my mom is always bad towards me. She's always 
yelled at me. But is that so? It's not like that at all. What happens is that difficulties make us forget what the good times that we've enjoyed. The day of judgment is extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. You know how the day of judgment will begin, right? How? With the blowing of the trumpet. And when the trumpet will be blown the first time, what is going to happen? Whoever is alive on the earth is going to die. Why? Because of the sound of the trumpet and also because the blowing of the trumpet will mark the beginning of the day of judgment. So in the Qur'an, when we learn about the mountains being crumbled, right? And the sun and the moon being destroyed and the sky turning red and the entire earth being when it's like smashed up and shattered to sand literally. Imagine everything turning into sand. Just imagine earthquake after earthquake, collision after collision, al-qari'ah, right? So the difficulties begin right there and then. Everything finished on the earth. And then what's going to happen? The trumpet will be blown another time. And when it will be blown, people will come, you know, jumping out of their graves as if they were, what do we learn in the Qur'an? As if they were, jaradun muntashir. As if there were locusts scattered everywhere, like coming up, coming up, coming up. Imagine thousands of people coming, coming. Some people will be taken into the plain of Hashr with a lot of honor. They'll be taken over there with a lot of respect, like dignitaries are taken. And others will be dragged over there, pulled over there. They'll be resisting, but they'll be pulled, dragged, humiliated. Then the day of Hashr itself is so long, the judgment will not begin immediately. People are there just standing and waiting. Standing and waiting and waiting. And when you have to wait for something, even for five minutes, those five minutes seem to be like what? Five hours. Right? Because you don't know when that waiting is going to come to an end. And the plane of Hashr, we learn that the sun will be brought very, very near. Very near. So much so that in the hadith we learn the distance will be just a meal. Now what is that meal? Allahu A'lam. But what we know, a meal is what? Just a mile. You might say, but physically how is that possible? Allah knows how that's going to be possible. The matters of the hereafter cannot be compared with the matters of this world. Because it's a different world altogether. Right? So imagine the sun is so close and people will be drowning in their sweat. And the sweat will be according to the deeds that people have performed. Just imagine the difficulties of the Day of Judgment that people are experiencing. And they will experience this for 50,000 years. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And then eventually the hisab will begin on the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ. But just to give you an idea of the difficulties of the Day of Judgment that all of us are going to experience, on that day when people are standing, they will look back at their life on the earth and they will say, that was just like an hour of the day. It just came and went so quickly. It just got over so quickly. And really if you think about it, from the beginning of the creation of the universe, until the day of judgment and eternity that is beyond it, our time on the earth is what? Literally like a sa'a min al-nahar. Isn't that so? Just like a sa'a min al-nahar. An hour of a day. Or even less than that. A moment. Why is this being mentioned over here? 
Because what is it that becomes a barrier between a person and iman, a person and amal salih? What stops us? What prevents us? This worldly life, right? The desires that we want to fulfill so immediately. We want to fulfill them immediately. We think that this world is everything. We're so attracted towards it. We think it means a lot. Which is why we will defer amal salih. We will neglect them completely. But on the day of judgment, when a person will look back, it will appear as though, سَعَةً مِنَ النَّهَارِ Just an hour of a day. In Surah Al-Mu'minun, ayah 113, people will ask one another, how long did we stay on the earth? قَالُوا لَبِثْنَا يَوْمًا أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمًا They will say, we just stayed on the earth for a day or a part of a day. We don't know. فَاسْأَلِ الْعَادِّينَ Ask the people who count. Ask those who count, who number everything, meaning the angels. So, إِلَّا سَعَةً مِنَ النَّهَارِ This world, these desires have blinded our senses, right? Which is why we hear the Qur'an, but we don't benefit. We see things very clearly, but we don't take action. This world has blinded us. We think that this power, this money that we have is so important, but on the Day of Judgment, it will appear like nothing. يَتَعَارَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ They will recognize one another. They will know each other. يَتَعَارَفُونَ is from عَيْنُ رَافَى What does عُرْف mean? To recognize. So يَتَعَارَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ They will recognize one another. On the Day of Judgment, people will recognize each other. They will recognize each other. And you know how we spoke about earlier that if our mistakes, our failures are known to people, how do we feel? Extremely embarrassed and humiliated. Imagine on the Day of Judgment, people will recognize one another. And a person's spiritual condition will be his physical condition at that time. So for example, if a person has stolen something from public wealth, has stolen something from public wealth, right? Meaning, such wealth that he does not have right over, he takes it without permission or through lying. Alright? That money will come in its form. So for example, if it's an animal, it will come. If it's a camel, it will come. Whatever it is, if it's gold and silver, it will come. And that will torture a person throughout the day of Hashr. Just imagine. Like for example, if a person does not give zakat, it will come in the form of, his wealth will come in the form of a snake that is bald with two eyes and it will be wrapped up around his neck and will bite him on his face and say, I am your money, I am your money. Imagine a person is going through this and others are watching him and they recognize him. You are that person, I know you. You didn't give zakat. You didn't spend in the way of Allah. You hoarded your wealth. You... You did that? Now imagine if a person has stolen something so insignificant, something that doesn't have much value, slippers of masjid washrooms even, or just a juice box, something that he doesn't have right over, a little bit of money, $400 a month he receives through lying. And that money becomes a source of torture for him on the Day of Judgment, humiliation for him. يَتَعَارَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ While people are watching him and they know, Oh, I know you. يَتَعَارَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ If we've ever been you know, caught for something, let's say a person is given a traffic ticket, and they're at the police station, and what happens over there? They see somebody else whom 
they recognize immediately what will they do turn away and go stand on the side or you know just make sure that they can avoid them completely because we don't want anybody to see us rather when we're doing something that's inappropriate or when we're being held accountable for our mistakes yata'arafuna baynahum we're so particular about that today imagine on the day of judgment when there's no way out qad khasira alladhina kadhabu biliqa'illah those people who deny the meeting with Allah, they have lost. They have incurred the greatest loss. And they're not rightly guided. They do not obtain guidance. And if we show you, meaning, O Prophet we make you see some of that which we promise them. Because when a Prophet of Allah is sent to a nation, and they don't believe. Then what happens? What did we learn? What happened to the previous nations? What happened? Eventually, they met their end result. Correct? They were punished by an earthquake, by a wind, or whatever it was. So, the people of Mecca, to whom the Prophet ﷺ was sent, they were also warned about it. That if you reject the Prophet of Allah, then realize that there are going to be consequences, sooner or later. So the Prophet ﷺ is informed over here that if we show you some of that, meaning some of that punishment which we have promised them for their disbelief, أو or نَتَوَفَّيَنَّكَ We take you in full, meaning we cause you to die. What's the root? Wafa? Yeah, wafa. Meaning it happens after your death. So we make you see it, meaning it happens in your lifetime. Or we give this punishment to them after you pass away, after we give you death. In either case, فَإِلَيْنَا then to us مَرْجِعُهُمْ their return. To us is their return. Meaning, can they escape us? No. Because you see the mushrikeen, they would just hope for the Prophet ﷺ to pass away. That if he's killed, if he's murdered, if he dies, however then all this matter will be over and we'll go back to our normal ways and everything will be good. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns over here that whether this punishment comes in the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ or after he dies, in either case, you all people are coming back to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't matter whether the punishment comes today or tomorrow or 50 years from now. Or if it doesn't come on this earth, in this worldly life of yours at all, eventually everyone is going back to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is going to call them to account. Summallahu, then Allah, shaheedun, a witness, ala ma yaf'alun, over whatever they do. Meaning Allah knows exactly what they've been doing, and He has all the power to hold them accountable and punish them and give them what they deserve. So what's the lesson in this for us? That a person can never avoid what? Can never get away from what? Allah's promises. Right? His warning. If He has warned a person, if He has warned us that a certain action is not permissible, and we do it, and we see that there is no consequence. I mean, everything's fine. We're happy. We're still living on. You know, like if a person says, yes, I am involved in haram money, but I haven't developed cancer yet, so it should be okay. 
you know, I didn't lose my vision or anything. Everything's fine. Really? Allah gives respite to people. To some people, He gives respite for a few moments. To others, He gives respite for five years, ten years, fifty years even. But sooner or later, everyone is going to Allah. And on the Day of Judgment, the Day of Judgment, what is it called? Yawmuddin, Day of Recompense. Yawmul Jazaa. It's the day when a person will meet his recompense, what he deserves for the actions that he has committed. So whether that consequence comes now or it doesn't come, doesn't make a difference. It's coming for sure. Everyone's going back to Allah. So who should a person fear? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ And for every nation, Rasulun is a messenger. Meaning, Allah has sent messengers to every nation, every people, every community. It doesn't mean that every generation was sent a messenger. No, every nation, so for example, the nation of Bani Israel, the nation of Bani Ismail, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did send messengers to them. Isn't that so? Not in every generation, but to that nation in general, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers. And the people whom the messenger came to, it was their responsibility to pass the message on to their following generations. Right? So for example, Musa a.s. Harun a.s. They were messengers sent to Bani Israel. But remember that there were 12 tribes of Bani Israel, right? And from each tribe, what do we learn? That Nuqaba, Naqib was appointed. A leader was appointed. Right? And what was the responsibility of the leader? To look after the religious affairs of their tribe. Now when this person would die, who would be responsible? Someone else after them. And when they would die, who would be responsible? Someone after them. This is why we learned that the ulama, they are who? The heirs of the prophets. The scholars are the heirs of the prophets. They are the inheritors. Why? Because they inherit knowledge from the Prophet of Allah. And what is their responsibility? To convey it forward. So, وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةِ Rasul To every nation, Allah did send a messenger. Allah sent guidance to people. فَإِذَا جَاءَ رَسُولُهُمْ Then when their messenger came to them, and when the messenger came, he fulfilled his responsibility of conveying the message to them. Lut conveyed the message. Nuh conveyed the message. Muhammad conveyed the message. Every prophet of Allah fulfilled his responsibility. And when he did that, قُضِيَ بَيْنَهُمْ It was decided between them with justice. Meaning, the difference, the dispute between the people and their prophet was resolved with justice. What does that mean? That when the people opposed the messenger, whether they were all the people or a few of them, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established justice. How? How? By giving victory and success to those who were upon the truth and by humiliating those who were upon falsehood. This may have happened immediately after the messenger came and it may have happened 23 years after the messenger came or whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed. Whenever Allah willed. قُضِيَ بَيْنَهُمْ Like for example, Nuh he preached his people for how long? How long? 900 years. More than that. Right? What happened then? Eventually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He established justice. He gave respite to the people 
for so long. Okay, you don't want to believe now? Try again after 50 years. Try again after 20 years. You're not ready yet? Okay, maybe later it will make sense to you. But when they didn't believe, when they continued to oppose the Messenger, is it fair that Nuh preached them for 950 years and the people remained stubborn in opposition to him? Is that fair? What is fairness? What is fairness? That the Messenger, he is granted victory and the people who have wrongly opposed him, they are also shown their consequences. Did that happen? Yes. How? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the great flood. Prophet ﷺ, in his lifetime, were there people who opposed him? Yes. Not everybody, but there were people who opposed him. Amongst them, were there people who eventually believed? Yes. But amongst them, were there people who didn't believe at all? Yes. So what happened? Did Allah establish justice? He did. In Mecca, for 13 years, the Prophet ﷺ was told not to raise any weapons against the mushrikeen. Just be patient and convey. Right? Just be patient and convey. But then what happened after the hijrah, when the battle of Badr was fought? Abu Jahl. Wasn't he finished? And many other leaders of the mushrikeen who had been wrongly opposing the Prophet ﷺ, were they not given their share of what they deserved? Yes. So, فَإِذَا جَاءَ رَسُولُهُمْ قُضِيَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْقِسْطِ وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ And they are not wrong. So what's the lesson in this ayah? That a person can oppose the truth for as long as he wants. But he should remember that Allah is fair and He will establish justice. We can oppress someone, we can deprive them of their right for however long we want. But remember, it's not going to continue forever. It's not going to continue forever. Because you see, we abuse our power. We abuse the time, the strength that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us and the time that we're enjoying. And because of that, we keep oppressing others. We abuse them. But in this is a clear warning that sooner or later, Allah will establish justice and fairness. وَيَقُولُونَ And they say, meaning those who deny the haqq, they say, مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ When is this promise going to be? إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you're really truthful. You keep threatening us about the coming of the Day of Judgment. You keep talking about the Day of Resurrection when justice will be established. When is it going to come? You see, the Prophet ﷺ, he was in Mecca for how long? For how long? 13 years, right? After that, he did hijrah. Now imagine the people who didn't believe in the Prophet ﷺ from the first day. 13 years go by. The Prophet ﷺ told them, something is going to happen, the Day of Judgment is going to come. 13 years go by and there is no sign of the Day of Judgment. There is no sign. So, didn't this give a chance to the mushrikeen to laugh at the Prophet ﷺ? Did, right? And there are many people who laugh at the Muslims today also. You talk about this Day of Judgment, it's been 1400 years since your Prophet came, and there is no Day of Judgment. What do you believe in? Alright? So they keep saying this, مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ When is this going to be, if you're really truthful? How come it's not coming already? The Prophet ﷺ is told to give a very good answer, and that is, قُلْ say, tell them, لَا أَمْلِكُ I do not possess, meaning I don't have the power, لِنَفْسِي for myself, ضَرًّا any harm, وَلَا نَفْعَ nor any benefit. Meaning, I don't even have the power to protect myself from any harm, 
or benefit myself in any way. If I had that power, I would have been a billionaire today. But you don't see that. If I had the power, I would have protected my sons from dying. But you know, I didn't have that strength. I didn't have that power. لا أملك لنفسي ضرا ولا نفعا I don't have the ability to protect myself from harm or benefit myself in any way إلا except ما شاء الله whatever Allah wills. Meaning if I'm able to protect myself in some way. So for example, protect myself from cold weather by wearing thick clothes, right? Or benefit myself by eating a good meal and feeling strong after that. That is ما شاء الله. إلا ما شاء الله. So why is he told to say this? They were asking, when is this day of judgment going to be? And the Prophet ﷺ was told to tell them, I don't have any power to benefit myself or protect myself from harm. What's the relation over here? Yes. Exactly. I mean, compare your size to the size of the universe. Think about it. Compare your size to the size of the universe. Is there any comparison? Is there any comparison? No, because what are we? Like a dot. Not even a dot. Something even smaller than that compared to the universe. If a person does not have the ability to affect that dot, can he affect the entire universe? So basically, what is this implying? That the coming of the day of judgment is not in my control. It is not going to be my decision. Whose control is it in? Who will decide when the day of judgment should arrive? Who? Who? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is that knowledge which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept to Himself. He has not disclosed it to anybody. Even the angel that is appointed to blow the trumpet so that the day of judgment will begin, does he know when it's going to happen? Even he doesn't know. So this is the reason why that angel is standing right now with his back bent, all right, his mouth on the trumpet, waiting, waiting to be ordered. So as soon as he's ordered, immediately he's going to blow the trumpet. If he knew... It's going to come 1400 years after, or more than 1400 years after the Prophet ﷺ came, more than that. Would he be standing like that for 1400 years or more? Think about it. We learned that that angel is constantly looking at the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's got his eyes fixed over there. He doesn't even look away for a millisecond. Why? Afraid that while he's looking away, the order may come and he might delay in obeying his Lord. He might delay in obeying his Lord. This is why he doesn't even look away from the arsh for a millisecond. So imagine, nobody knows when the day of judgment is going to come. Who knows? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So say, لَا أَمْلِكُ لِنَفْسِي ضَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ and by the way, why are you so concerned about the coming of the Day of Judgment? When it's going to come, it's going to come. لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَجَلٍ For every nation is a term. Meaning a term that is fixed for it. Like for example, every product has a date of expiry. Right? 
So for every ummah also there is a day of expiry. For every individual and for every nation. And إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ When their time will come, فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً Then they will not be able to defer for even an hour. وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ Nor can they advance it. Meaning, if the time of expiry for a nation is fixed, then it cannot be changed in the sense that they cannot do anything in order to delay it. They cannot do anything in order to cause it to come earlier. So what is this telling us then? The time is fixed. You don't know. It is going to happen. Just like you know you're going to die, you don't know when you're going to die. Likewise, this universe is also going to come to an end. The day of judgment is going to begin. When exactly? You don't know. But it is certain it's going to happen. So what should you do right now? What should you do right now? Prepare for that day. Prepare for that day. It's like you're at home and your cousin is coming from a different town. She tells you in the morning, we just left now. Hopefully we'll be with you in the next five hours or so. So you're like, okay, but we're going to be here at 1.30 or 1.35 or 1.32. She's like, I don't know. Within five hours, hopefully we'll be there. She's like, no, no, I need to know exactly when you're going to come. I need to know exactly when you're going to come. She's like, it doesn't make a difference. You're like, no, no, I have to make sure that I get the food ready on time. Well, I just make it and put it in the oven and we'll reheat it when I come. No, 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 I need to know exactly when you want to come. And if you spend your time waiting, isn't that a total waste of a day? What should you be doing in the morning? Preparing. Right? Preparing. This is what we should be engaged in. What happens is the shaitan makes us preoccupied with matters that are beyond our control. That we cannot change. We don't have any control over them. And what we should be preoccupied about, we don't pay attention to it. Right? So likewise, the mushrikeen, what were they obsessed with? When is this day of judgment going to come? Like there are many people today also who are obsessed with this. So every other thing they're saying, sign of qiyamah, sign of qiyamah, sign of the hour. I'm telling you, it's very near. Okay. It's near. So what? What are you going to do? What am I supposed to do? Sit and wait for it? Sit and wait for it? Is this why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created me? So that I sit down and just keep watching everything and start predicting and assuming as to when the day of judgment is going to be? Why have we been created? To wait for the day of judgment? Why have we been created? To prepare for that day, right? So this is what we need to do. Prepare. Don't waste your time thinking about when you think you're going to die. Because that's not in your control. What is in your control? Your actions. What you do with your time. What you do in your life. That is in our control. And that is what we should be most concerned about. قُلْ say, أَرَأَيْتُمْ Have you considered? إِنْ أَتَاكُمْ If it comes to you, عَذَابُهُ His punishment. Bayatan by night. Bayata. Bait is also from the same root. What is bait? What is bait? Home. And no matter where you go, no matter what you do in, during the day, at night time, where do you end up? In your bed, at your house, right? So bayatan is night. Aunaharan or by day. Have you thought about it? Tell me, what if the punishment of Allah comes to you sometime in the night 
or sometime during the day, meaning it's certain it is going to come. It could come at night, it could come during the day. What are you going to do then? What can you do about it? Mada, what is that? Yastarjilu minhu al mujrimun. Yastarjilu, he is hastening. Minhu about it, al mujrimun, the criminals. What is it that the criminals are hastening for? What is it that they're so impatient for? They can't wait for it to happen. It's like a person is just concerned about when he's going to die. Hmm? So he's concerned about it. It's like, when am I going to die? When am I going to die? When am I going to die? I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die tonight. I think I'm going to die tomorrow. I think I'm going to die in one year, in two years. What are you waiting for? What are you obsessed with? Death? It's like a person is just sitting, crying, sad. I'm going to die. Well, yes, everyone who's born is going to die eventually. Don't worry about death. Worry about what is beyond death. And use your time not crying about death, but doing something about what's going to happen after death so that you don't spend the rest of eternity that is going to come to you crying away. So, مَاذَا يَسْتَعْجِلُ مِنْهُ الْمُجْرِمُونَ Are you rushing for punishment? Why are you so impatient for it? أَثُمَّ Is it then, إِذَا مَا وَقَعَ When it will happen, when it will occur, when it will take place, أَمَنْتُمْ بِهِ You will believe in it? Because they would say, when the Day of Judgment is going to happen, when we're going to see everything with our own eyes, then yes, we're going to believe then. Then we're going to believe. We cannot believe in it before seeing it. We have to see it and then we're going to believe. So Allah says over here, are you waiting for the Day of Judgment to come, to happen, so that you can believe then after witnessing it? It's like people will not believe in God. They will say, what if there's no God? So you know what? I'm not going to believe. And yes, when I die, if I find out that, okay, there is a God, then I'll think about it. Are you going to believe when it will actually happen? What? Now? Meaning Hamza as in what? And Al-An, now? And when the two Hamzas come together, it turns into one with a mad. Al-ana. Now, what? Now you want to believe? وَقَدْ كُنْتُمْ بِهِ تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ While you were so impatient for it before. You wanted it to happen right away. This is just like Fir'aun, who didn't believe all that time. He was shown proof after proof. Musa salam spoke to him. Could he see? Could he hear? Yes, but the heart was blinded, right? So that's why he didn't accept. So then what happened? When he saw the waves coming on him and he knew he was going to die. And perhaps he saw the angels of death coming towards him. Allahu A'lam. He said, I believe in the Lord of Musa. Was that acceptable? Was that accepted from him? No. Too late. وَقَدْ كُنْتُمْ بِهِ تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ Before you were so impatient for it. I mean, think about it. Disaster is something that people are naturally averse to. Isn't it? It's like a person is speeding and somebody tells them that, you know what, drive carefully. You might end up hurting somebody or you might end up hurting yourself. They're like, no, no, no. Not gonna happen. I'll see. I'll see what happens. So they keep going their own style and then what happens? Eventually they bump into somebody and they hurt them and they hurt themselves. And they say, you were right. You were right. 
well, okay, I was right, but what difference does it make now? You didn't listen to me, you didn't change your ways, now that you've gotten yourself into trouble, you say, I was right, what's the point? Can it benefit a person then? No. Even if a person says, you know what, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry I crashed your car, but I was really enjoying it. I crashed your car, I'm really sorry about it. What do people say? Sorry is just a word. Right? You should have listened to me before so that this would not have happened. الْآنَ وَقَدْ كُنْتُمْ بِهِ تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ ثُمَّ قِيلَ Then it will be said, لِلَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا To those people who did ظلم, to those people who did wrong, whether it was the ظلم of kufr or shirk, whatever ظلم it was, ذُوقُوا عَذَابَ الْخُلْدِ Taste the punishment of eternity. Now there's no point in believing. Now you can't fix anything. It's too late. It's like if a person is not listening to the constant warnings, And he keeps speeding, keeps speeding until he crashes into somebody. And now his leg is bleeding, his back is hurt. Now what is he told? Okay, we'll go, we'll reverse everything? Because you know, you really are regretful. So we'll reverse everything? Can you reverse? Can you go back in time and change everything? You can't do that. Now, what is that person told? Well, your leg is bleeding and your back is hurt. Now you have to deal with it. Right? Now you have to deal with it. Now yes, you crashed into somebody. Now your insurance will go high. Well, you should have listened earlier. So then on the Day of Judgment, what's going to happen? People who waited for the Day of Judgment to occur in order to believe, it will be said, ذُوقُوا عَذَابَ الْخُلْدِ Taste the punishment of eternity. هَلْ تُجْزَوْنَ إِلَّا بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْسِبُونَ Are you being recompensed for anything except that which you earned? Meaning, This punishment that you suffer now is a result of what? Your earning, your doing, your actions. This is the result of your efforts. This is what you have produced for yourself. You are 100% deserving of this. You are responsible for this. Because you were warned, you were informed repeatedly, but you didn't pay heed and you got yourself into this trouble. هَلْ تُجْزَوْنَ إِلَّا بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْسِبُونَ No. So bear it now. Recitation. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَسْتَمِعُونَ إِلَيْكَ أَفَأَنْتَ تُسْمِعُ الصُّمَّ وَلَوْ كَانُوا لَا يَعْقِلُونَ وَمِنْهُمْ فَأَنْتَ تَهْدِي الْعُمْيَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا لَا يُبْصِرُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ النَّاسَ شَيْئًا وَلَكِنَّ النَّاسَ أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ وَيَوْمَ يَحْشُرُهُمْ كَأَنْ لَمْ يَلْبَثُوا إِلَّا سَاعَةً مِنَ النَّهَارِ يَتَعَارَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ قَدْ خَسِرَ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِلِقَاءِ اللَّهِ وَمَا كَانُوا مُهْتَدِينَ وَإِمَّا نُرِيَنَّ 
إنك بعض الذي نعدهم أو نتوفينك فإلينا مرجعهم فإلينا مرجعهم ثم الله شهيد على ما يفعلون ولكل أمة الرسول فَإِذَا جَاءَ رَسُولُهُمْ قُضِيَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْقِسْطِ وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ قُلْ لَا أَمْلِكُ لِنَفْسِي ضَرًّا ولا نفعا إلا ما شاء الله لكل أمة أجل إذا جاء أجلهم فلا يستأخرون ساعة ولا يستقدمون قل أرأيتم إن أتاكم عذابه بياتا أو نهارا ماذا يستعجل منه المجرمون أثم إذا ما وقع آمنتم به الآن وقد كنتم تستعجلون ثم قيل للذين ظلموا ذوقوا عذاب الخلد هل تجزون إلا بما كنتم تكسبون سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته